1: Betch's Media presents.
0: I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio.
1: Diet starts tomorrow.
0: Exercise gives you endorphin. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit With the gym. gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husband. With hosts Aileen Cooperman, Joey Doesn't Share Fool, and Sammy Fishbein. Whatever. I'm getting cheese fries.
2: Hello. Welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Aileen. I'm Sammy. And today we are joined by Helen Phelan. You might know her from her mindful fitness app, Helen Phelan Studio, or for her approach to anti diet culture with intuitive fitness techniques for mental and physical strength. Welcome, Helen.
3: Hello. I'm super excited to be on with you guys. I've been listening to your stuff
2: forever. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. And you also recently wrote an article for Betches that got a lot of great attention and positive feedback um, from our audiences, especially on Diet Stars Tomorrow. Um, The article was called, The Time to Cancel Shedding for the Wedding is Here. So that was great.
4: Yeah, this is, I mean, this is such good timing with, because we did have a whole conversation about um, shedding for the wedding last week. And I got, I just have to tell you, I got so many responses from, like DST from DST listeners talking about their own experience, their own experiences at their wedding. Some people who said that they had shed for the wedding and that they had like later in life regretted it. Um, Some people told me that they didn't shed for the wedding and that they, they also potentially regretted it or had to like work through that experience. And so, I mean, your article was was amazing. It was I re- I went back and read it again actually last week <laughs> to kind of like give myself a little bit of a boost, and it was just it's really enlightening and like so true. So I guess you want to like kind of summarize for everyone your thoughts on shedding for the wedding. Sure, I think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: bad. Um,
3: no, it, it's no that's that's generalizing and simplifying yeah. things. You know, I am a, a human woman. I too feel the pressure to to feel beautiful in a society that has all of these expectations of us. Uh, But as a wellness practitioner, as a, as a trainer, as a coach, as a a Reiki practitioner and as someone who has battled eating disorders for at this point, most of my life now, like two thirds of my life and I'm only 29 (laughs) um, it is, It's something that I feel like we just need to take a step back and unpack. What is the desire to do that? Like, why do we feel like we have to change our appearance for this day where, you know, as I said in the article, our partners are with us for a reason. And it's probably not a hundred percent because of, you know, the size on the scale and the dress size that we're in.
2: So what inspired you to want to write this?
3: Uh, well, I mean, I am a bride. I got engaged in November and especially Congrats. working. Thank you. Um, who knows when we'll get married. But um, I got engaged in November and even just working in fitness, even before we got engaged, you know, there's a lot of pressure in the fitness industry to look the part. And I was a professional dancer before I got into fitness. So that's kind of just been an an underlying theme happening in the background of everything else happening in my life is how do I how do I fit the part, whether it's for a character, for a costume or for my career, for, for the job that I want to do. And it, I also have the extreme privilege of being in you know, a straight sized body. Like I am a four, six. And so I fully also recognize that um, the pressure that I might feel to look a certain way, to feel acceptable or beautiful in society is nothing compared to what people in, in marginalized bodies experience. And even still friends of mine, peers of mine in the fitness industry, the second I got engaged would be like, ah, now we're shedding for the wedding or sweating for the wedding or whatever cute little name you want to put on it. And it's hard to not take that really personally and have a moment where you're like, okay, do I throw away all this intuitive eating, intuitive fitness that I've been working on for years to recover just because of this one day? Or you know, how, how can I make sure that I still have my mental health at the end of the day?
4: Well, what Why? What do you think it is about like weddings and women that makes like size and the fact that you are a bride so like inextricably linked? And like, it's almost like you aren't fulfilling the role of the bride fully yeah. if you don't also starve yourself prior. Absolutely.
3: I mean, I think it's tied up in, you know, historically, before women were were working and, and more equal in the workplace, even though, you know, we're still not being paid equally in the workplace, a wedding was kind of like the the event that marked you, your ascension to adulthood into womanhood. It defined your femininity in a way. And even though we like to think our culture has moved on in so many ways, that's still deep, deep conditioning that we have somewhere in the back of our heads. And so somewhere in there, it's it's tied to, Like, am I really a woman if I'm not my absolute most beautiful on this one day? As as if being beautiful defines who you are as a
4: person. Right. And then there's obviously the inextricable link between beauty and thin, which Mm -hmm. is its own uh, thing to unpack. Yeah. I
2: I do wonder, though, like where where young kids are still getting like that that whole idea that the wedding or get, getting engaged is on the pedestal. Like I was, um, I still follow, follow something maybe. <laughs> and she recently posted like a story of her daughter, Ruby, talking about how her this boy in her class gave her a ring and and proposed to her. And like, that was an exciting thing. thing. And I just can't imagine though, she's getting it, you know, from, I mean, I, I, d- I doubt her mom is like, you have to get it. You know, I doubt that that's where she's getting it. But like, that is interesting that 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 used to be a woman's kind of we were saying in the last episode, like the peak of their life, their biggest accomplishment. But I wonder where it's where where their kids are still getting that concept, because, I mean, what, what could they be watching? <laughs> where, where are they being taught that? Yeah, I think it's probably depends more what kid
4: you're talking about. True. And their well, parents
0: who
3: their parents are. But I think it's yeah. also way less obvious than we may realize it's not like we're putting on TV shows and kids are like okay girls have to get married and that's all they can do it's it's now it's so much more subtle than that
4: right where do you think people are seeing it if they're not seeing it like at, like explicitly
3: well i think it also has a lot to do with you know how much of our life especially in 2020 is on social media and even you know without a wedding we're already not me but people are face tuning and editing and retouching these photos to the point of, you know, alien looking cyborg, cyborgs, the same face type of thing. Um, and we have lost track of what human bodies look like and feel compelled to look like that.
4: Sometimes I get confused when I see a cyborg, like a real (laughs) cyborg, because I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, you must have, you must be so used to face tuning yourself that you don't even know what anatomy, like the anatomy of a face is supposed to be like anymore.
3: Yeah, I, I read something online yesterday, and now it's going to kill me that I can't remember who said it. But oh, I think it was Kira Knightley actually doing an interview. Um, I don't know how I got that on that on Instagram on my explore page, but some old interview from Kira Knightley and being like, I don't judge any woman who responds to the pressures of diet culture and society by doing, you know, whatever, dieting, workout, plastic surgery, injections. I judge the society that inflicts that upon her. So I think we should all do what we need to do to feel good and get through the day. And while I promote intuitive eating and intuitive fitness, I totally understand and empathetic to the fact that some people have a hard time accepting that. And even now practicing intuitive eating and intuitive fitness for years, as you were saying in your, you know, your last podcast, when you were, not your last podcast, but the podcast, when you were interviewing, um, Elish that it's, it's lifelong. There's no perfect way of doing it. It's, Constantly evolving.
2: Were you? How long have you been an intuitive eater? Did that start as a result of being a dancer, or no? How did that evolve for you? As a dancer is like the opposite of an intuitive eating. Yeah, Um, I mean, as a result of having been having that past of yes, yeah, totally. So I
3: was engaging in a, a number of disordered eating habits for years and years and years, and it morphed into orthorexia at when I got into fitness. So like, I think that that was a positive step in that it was no longer, um, anorexia or bulimia, but because I had gotten so comfortable with this restriction and, um, you know, the rigidity of that lifestyle, plus growing up as a dancer, it's very in- entwined with, you know, I am your textbook type a person, but it got harder where it got dangerous is it got harder to see that it was actually still an illness because I was abusing the healthy eating habits, healthy in quotes, because, you know, eating just green juice all day day is not a healthy eating habit, but society and magazines and influencers on Instagram really make us think that it is. So I did go back to, to therapy and, I think a big part of that was moving in with my partner when we moved in together four years ago. Um, and he is French from France and just the dichotomy between our eating habits, like his like all about sensuality and pleasure and listening to his body, eating what he wants and when he wants and when he wants it. Um, which, you know, maybe men have an easier time with in general because of the less pressure on their body, but specifically just in his upg- upbringing, it really, it really, it really, for the first time made me feel like something was wrong. And so I I dove into the intuitive eating book.
2: Right. Um. What was an example of something that he was eating that you were like, how are you doing that versus like some th- habits of yours?
3: Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a specific one-time thing, but you know, like he'll, for breakfast every day, he has like, you know, a croissant or like, uh, you know, like a, <laughs> what? just whatever he wants. <laughs> Not, he doesn't, he doesn't eat, you know, he's into to fitness. He loves working out, but he doesn't, he doesn't eat like health foods. If, you know, mm-hmm. the way that the, the foods that we think of as health foods and his complete lack of worry surrounding that just was all the more obvious when I was having panic attacks about, you know, us eating out together at the same mm-hmm. time.
4: When you, when you say he eats health, he doesn't eat health foods. Do you mean he doesn't eat like fruits and vegetables or he doesn't eat like stuff that you would buy at like the natural mark, like the natural versions of chips or the natural versions of, you when know, I say he,
3: does, uh, he eats, he eats a, a well-balanced diet. You know, we eat together most meals, especially in quarantine, but I mean, he doesn't, you know, spend time looking at supplements and, and, you know, detox things and like, you know, yeah. So he's it's eating like that are promoted, normal, real foods.
4: He's eating like the what we think of like food as food, not like yes. not like kind of like uh, what you see on like a wellness influencer's product recommendations. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah, so, he had no he has no concern for peptides. <laughs> yeah, he's not
3: he's not wrapped up in that. And you know, I don't. I think that the wellness industry there's so many good things that have come out of it. You know, my job has come out of it, but it's when we our mindset around it. It's when we abuse the supplement powders and all that stuff. When we, when we think that they're this magic elixir, that's going to change and revolutionize our life. That's when it becomes too much.
4: You know, it's something I'm actually just realizing this as we're having this conversation, but I never, it never uh, processed for me until literally right now, how like insecure I always felt when seeing like influencers push these like health food products And like, I felt like I never, and I still don't like know, like the brands you should get and the like ingredients you should get to like, I don't know, to get the side effects that like they want, they tell you are like good for you. I always, that, that always made me feel so insecure. Like why can't I just like be healthy with a, with like a salad and you know, you know, some well-balanced toppings and like you know, make my own dressing that isn't processed. Like, why can't I be like that version of of healthy? Like, why do I need to like know these like brands that you know you found on Well and Good or something? I
2: mm-hmm. I I think though, even just what you said, like my own homemade dressing, like that in itself is like you feeding into what they're saying. Oh, like I don't you mean can, I no, don't mean you homemade. Can dress- have like a process a processed. Dressing as long like there's so many dressings. No, I don't you can like process, it.
4: but I actually don't usually like processed dressings, and the reason is because like I like to make my own flavor of the dressing so that it's like okay but- exactly what I want it to be. But like I I've never been like loyal to a dressing brand.
2: <laughs> well, I think
3: the other thing that's underneath all that is that we have assigned this virtue to not just thinness but now also health that we equate to thinness. Uh, so when we see this influencer who is like picked these tomatoes from her own garden and, (laughs) you know, grown whatever from scratch and a, that's not realistic for a lot of people. A lot of people are food insecure. A lot of people don't have time to do that stuff. So it's, yeah, of course it's wonderful to eat organic and those foods that we think of as super nourishing and nutrient dense, but it's also, really, uh, it's really a privileged standpoint to think that that's the only way to eat.
1: It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Small's. Small's cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce.
4: So I want to talk about something that is like a little bit an offshoot, I guess you could say of the whole intuitive eating movement. And that is intuitive exercise and intuitive movement. And this is something that like, I've been struggling with hard lately. I have not exercised since the week before my wedding. And I realized that I have an, at this point it's on, it's completely if it's a Venn diagram it's overlapping like my association between exercise and and weight loss and it's to the it's to the extent where like even if i like work up a sweat going on a walk my mind is like oh great i burned calories mm-hmm. and it is like i can't even imagine myself like moving or engaging in exercise that, where that's not kind of like at least in the back of my head if not the major forefront of my head.
2: Right. Like what are you burning off right now? Exactly. Yeah. So
3: I think you kind of have to reprogram your brain and the associations with exercise because traditionally a hundred percent of the marketing around fitness and, and dieting is, is an exchange. It's basically that they're opposites of each other, you know, like food in food out with exercise versus food in for nourishing exercise for vitalizing and supporting your your longevity, your overall your overall health, your mental health, your energy all, all of these things. We could go on and on about all of the the reasons that movement is good for you, other than losing weight. Uh, but you kind of have to consciously commit those things to memory because it it won't happen automatically. What's automatic for us at this point as a culture is exercise is to either punish your body for something that you ate or work your way down the scale. Usually, you know, unless you're a bodybuilder, it's not that common to hear people talking about, I'm exercising to make gains or maybe, maybe, yeah, like the CrossFit community is more into that. But even so, they're very specific about their eating and our meal prepping and our our healthy eating in an arguably disordered way.
2: Right. Like I used to, or I I still have that mindset of like you, what's the point of exercise if you're not training for something Yeah. (laughs) or towards towards something, towards some ideal. And like most recently I went back to my trainer who was my, who I like love. I have a great relationship with him. And he was my trainer going into our, when I was shedding for the wedding. And I, this most recent time I asked him, I was like, I do not want to think about my weight. I don't want to weigh myself. I just want to like, kind of create health, healthy, like, um, workout habits for my Mm -hmm. life. Like I don't want to have a start stop on off approach to exercise. Like I want to integrate it. And that's so hard. Like yesterday, even yesterday, I went, on, um, I went on my Peloton and I was like looking at my Apple watch. Oh, how many calories did I burn? Let me get it mm. to an even number. You know, even though it's completely, it doesn't have anything to do with anything.
4: <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like why do I need to burn 300 calories? Why? Like, where did why that I, number come Deep
2: seated. Deep seated. Yeah. Like my OCD is going in like that I have to get to the 300, even though it is an approximate number. But, <laughs> and I know that, but it's still going through my mind. And then you feel like some sort of, you feel like a failure if you don't get to some larger number that you don't even know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how do you how do you what is intuitive exercise? Can you just talk about that?
3: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's very similar to intuitive eating, that in that it involves interoceptive awareness or body awareness or being attuned to your body, whatever you want to call it. And it's not easy. Just like intuitive eating isn't easy, um, it's actually probably harder than just doing the no pain no gain. I set the schedule and I'm going to show up and do it no matter what. But over time it becomes more habitual. It feels more natural and in practice. And I think a big part of that is, is changing how you feel about exercise. If you view it as a chore, as you, if you view it as, you know, something that you have to dread doing, then we're going to have a harder time motivating ourselves to do it. Cause even, even if we're talking about, you know, exercises to support my mental health and all those things still some days you're tired or hungover and you don't want to do it and but if you can call on these other reasons like i know that i'm going to feel less bloated after i do like all these these rotations in my yoga practice or i know i'm going to have more energy and be able to show up better in my relationships for the rest of the day if i got that stress out first thing in the morning with a quick you know cardio workout or whatever your thing is it affects your body and your, your, um, your sensory awareness with the world, relationship with the world the rest of the day?
4: So I know like intellectually that those are, <laughs> mm-hmm. those do happen and like those are reasons. But like there's, without the weight loss piece, just being completely honest here, it's like not worth it to me to like, to push myself. And I know that like maybe then I should evaluate why it's worth it to me to push myself to like maybe burn a few calories versus like to push myself to have like a more pleasant day. But like, I guess it's hard for me to really believe that it will materially impact my day, impact me in any other way other than weight loss. Like I don't really get how to, how to, how to want to, I don't really want to move at all other than to get thinner, to be honest.
3: Well, that's where I feel super lucky that I, you know, I grew up dancing. So dancing has always been inherently movement is inherently part of, of my identity. And I know what that if it's
4: not exactly. <laughs> I know that for a
3: lot of people, it is not. What if the couch that's is part thing. of your identity? <laughs> but I do think Definitely. that it's, it's helpful to make, um, like a few journal entries and record how you feel before you work out, record how you feel after you work out. And that might feel really arduous and like a chore in the beginning, but you basically have to retrain a new neural pathway in your brain. So long, your entire life up till now, you've been deepening that groove of the neural pathway that says, you know, working out is for weight loss. That's what I'll get out of it, nothing else. And so that's yeah. when you think about how strong that neural pathway is in our brain, it's not gonna one podcast, one book, one one session with a trainer is not gonna change how you you reflexively think about those things. So well, it's every day.
4: Well, I do think it's interesting because like, I, I remember like when I first started working out, it was introduced to me as like a means for weight loss. Mm-hmm. It was, but, but it's not like, but, but activity wasn't introduced to me as a means for weight loss. Like when I was younger, I would like rollerblade or like jump play golf. or play with go- golf, a lot of movement there. <laughs> well,
3: you <laughs> can walk Some rotation. Yeah.
4: But yeah, like I, like I would say like I did sports as when I was younger and that was not like inherently tied to weight loss, but like the idea of going to the gym or going for a run or like a swim, those were all inherently like tied to weight loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, what are other ways to like look at movement as like, or like look at a di- Like how can, how can I like get back into movement? at all. Totally. Yeah, so I think if you kind of
3: beef, mind. beef up the mindfulness aspect of it so that it becomes more meditative and I'm biased as a Pilates instructor to thinking Pilates is like the best way to do that, but you can do that on your Peloton. You can do that in a boot camp class. You can become more aware of your breath. You can pay attention to what muscles are working when really cue into the physical sensations, even if they're uncomfortable, because that helps again, keeps your mind wandering. A lot of times when people are working out for like this, this reason of weight loss, they also hate the workout that they're doing. They're doing it because they feel compelled to show up for an event, for a wedding, for whatever it is that is making them feel like they have to look a certain way. Um, but they check out of their body during that experience. So, you know, sometimes you need to check out of your body. Sometimes what's in your body is, is overwhelming. I recognize that too. But if you are able to consciously think about your inhale and your exhale. And in Pilates, we exhale on the exertion or the hard part of the movement. So think uh, if you're doing like a curl up, sit up type of situation, you're exhaling to lift your chest up and inhaling to lower yourself down. That's also going to help regulate your nervous system a little bit more, obviously, than if you were holding your breath, which a lot of people do. <laughs> You'd be shocked at how many people hold their breath for like 45 minutes. And <laughs> I have no idea how they're not fainting. I do.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's common. I think for, for me, the way that I've kind of changed it also, Sammy, or how I'm thinking about it is that we literally, it's, it's again, like a motivation of health and like the real health, not weight loss. Like we need to eat something to be healthy, like, you know, so it's also the same. We have to move to be healthy and, and whatever you're, cause I think the real, the, the part, the part that we need to find is to replace the motivation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the piece because the motivation is the weight loss. So what is, what is, it's almost more empowering to even say, no, I'm not doing it to lose weight. I'm doing it to be healthy. And like making those opposites isn't, is something that's been kind of helpful for me. And even you said, you've told me like your whole life, you like to walk and like just walking for 20 minutes. Like I remember you used to text me that, those kinds of things. <laughs> so, so it's helpful.
4: So it's interesting that you say, yes, I did used to, in theory, I guess I do like these things. I do. I guess I do. But it's the, it's like the fact that it's been so inextricably tied to like periods of losing weight where I like up the walking. And it's like, I, because of the yo-yo nature of my life, it's like, I, I associate like lack of dieting with like being completely sedentary and lazy and like, Movement is something that goes along with restriction. So it's like all of these things are sort of like cemented together. Yeah. But yeah.
3: Well, the same way that, you know, when you say you're anti diet, many people often reflexively think, oh, you're anti health. If you're anti diet or you're intuitive eat, intuitive eating must mean like binge eating, right? But yeah. it's a spectrum, it's nuanced. There's, there's shades of gray all within all of this. Like we said, it's constantly evolving, but it also just might mean that you need to find a a way of movement, whether it's like a full on workout class or walking in a new environment, like hiking instead of just on the treadmill that you enjoy because you're not going to enjoy it every day, especially when it's hard, especially when your muscles are burning and you're sweating and you're tired or you're, you know, just not, feeling a workout that day, but if it's something that, you know, once you're doing it, you're going to enjoy it. So maybe it's dance cardio. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's CrossFit, but (laughs) I'm just just (laughs) imagining Sammy's CrossFit. (laughs)
4: oh my god I mean that's not my
3: thing but it's not my thing certainly but it is many people's
4: things I'd be like this sandbag is (laughs) too heavy (laughs) this
2: sandbag is too much sand
4: (laughs) can we dump some out please (laughs) but yeah yeah.
3: finding something that you enjoy you're much more likely
4: to stick with it I'll tell you what I like to do I like to turn on music and like dance in my room in front of the mirror and no one's there okay, I like that, yeah. but it has to happen by accident. I can't dance, be like, like, oh, no, no I'm going to do my dance." <laughs> 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 no, literally I dance like no one's watching and that's what makes it yeah. fun. Um, yeah.
2: m- there is there is a chapter in intuitive eating about exercise. So Sammy, you know, you keep saying you're going to read the book, read the book. But I read it, I get,
4: but I'm going to read it
2: again. I get <laughs> that it's like, so it's harder. It's not the same as like approaching eating because when, when we're intuitively eating, we're like, looking for satisfaction in like a pleasant way. But like you were saying, Helen, like when you work out, it's not always, it's not easy. It's always
4: kind of unpleasant.
2: It's like a labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's work. <laughs> um, it's work. So it's, it's hard to focus on satisfaction as like your first point. But I, I think that that's the easiest way to start is really where can I be satisfied in moving my body? If you're say, saying, same like dancing, even if you're just, you know, just like swaying. <laughs> oh, it's like- more than a sway. <laughs> well, I about- usually, Okay.
4: I like to like do like little ballet moves. But-
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I love I, it. I look
4: like such an idiot. Like I'll no. never show anyone, but I don't care that I look like an idiot. It's not for anyone. It's exactly. for me. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's also, you know, it's important for our muscles to get stronger and us to build bone density and to you know, keep our hearts strong as we age. Those are all super important reasons to move, but it's also about embodying and getting connected to your body. Like I said, a lot of people tune out, especially when we're living our whole lives on the computer and we're not, you know, walking to see someone, not going to events. Yeah. It's even if you're just swaying, if you can really feel into that sway, you can feel your feet grounded pressing through the floor, your body moving to the, you know, the pace of your breath, whatever it is, that's, that counts. It's, that is good for your mental health, whether it, whether it is super blatantly obvious or not.
0: This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? That's N U U L Y dot newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
4: What if you like only find that intuitively you want to exercise once a month? <laughs> like, that's all you intuitively want. Is that so- like. Like, what does it, that mean?
3: <laughs> it, depend, it depends on like what you're qualifying as exercise, like showing up to a Zoom class or an online video or like a, a class as exercise, or, you know, you're not walking at all the entire month.
4: Like you're not walking at all the entire month. Like not, not walking at all, but like, you're not like, yeah. like there's no point where you're like, I'm going to do this activity of movement that I don't need to do to literally get myself from point A to point B.
3: Well, that's where I feel like it is similar to intuitive eating because it's like, even if you eat, I think what was the example in your last podcast, even if you eat grilled cheese every day for a week, you're no longer going to want that grilled cheese. Your body's going to be like, okay, I need a vegetable. I need something else. Your body is going to start to crave movement. You're going to have cramps. You're going to have low back pain. You're going to have
2: body (laughs) sores. Yeah. Yeah. Your body is going to react. (laughs) Your body will react.
4: I have really just not like worked out.
2: I think it's also harder now because we're working from home. You're in one place all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, normally I know when we used to go to our office, like Sammy, you would walk far, like with Bruce and stuff. And like, that is movement. It's not like, yeah, that didn't bother me. Now it's harder to do to like, to prioritize it because, because it actually really is good. Like, I feel like I'm really, I keep saying like, I want to have it. I want to buy a treadmill. I want to buy a treadmill. I have nowhere to put it, but um, I, I, have, I struggle walking in the city with my dog. I just, I have like irrational fears, but <laughs> I like, I, I, my body's craving wanting to walk. I don't always crave wanting to go on the spin bike, but that's, I'm grateful that I have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that you'll, it, like you're saying, like it, it'll come, like it's a wave of, I need to move. I feel like like a, like a big, yeah, it's also not a bad thing to
3: take breaks at all. Like if you not feeling inclined to move, was it been like a week or a two month. weeks since months since your wedding, your More. body might just be, you know, recuperating from the mindset that you want years before. of
4: dieting. Exactly. I, mean, I worked out like I worked out for probably the past, like three years. I didn't like skip a whole week, like the whole t- Like, probably for three years. And that was all because of weight loss. That was none of that uh-huh. was because of, of like, cause I felt like it. Um, but something you, something you've written about is that exercise can help like heal negative body image. How does that work? So a lot of people
3: like surface level take that as like, oh, your body image is healed because you're, you're working out and you're losing weight and now you don't have a a body image problem, but that's not it (laughs) because you can, you can lose all the weight and you can be a size that maybe you're not DNA genetically programmed to be, but still be unhappy. So the way that exercise actually can increase body satisfaction is you're basically, like I said, reprogramming, communicating to your brain each time you do something difficult that you can do tough things that you're strong. It's, it's empowering. And it might not feel like, you know, in that moment when you're doing that side leg lift in a Pilates class, like I'm empowered by doing this. (laughs) But each time you continue pushing through it, even though it's uncomfortable, even though, you know, maybe you don't particularly love the feeling of your, your butt being on fire, it is sending a message to your brain that, you know, you, you follow through, you it's basically improving your sense of self. And that turns into body satisfaction.
4: But question, why hasn't that happened to me (laughs) all these years? Because you were
3: prioritizing the weight loss and your head was in that place. I would assume. Okay. So And there, there's a reason that, you know, it's marketed to us like that it's because it works. It gets people to show up because we're so terrified of not being worthy or accepted by society. you know. And that's a simplification, but on a deep level, we are very afraid of not being loved. And so if, if we're told through marketing language that losing weight is going to make us lovable, we're not going to miss a workout and it works. And that's what help people make money, but it isn't actually the the full picture. And in many cases is super unhealthy to be working out for weight loss all the time.
2: So then how do, so what's the re, how do we reframe that? What is it that we should be working out for? Like what would be the sentence that we could keep in our heads?
3: I like to say that I'm working out to take care of myself for me time to manage my stress, to, you know, not kill my fiance in our, in our tiny apartment. You know, there's, it's, it's personal and it could change from day to day. And sometimes i put on my workout clothes. I show up to class. I do have that weight loss mindset in my mind because it's just like negative body image thoughts are never going to go away. Negative or, you know, instinctual diet things are never going to permanently go away. It's how you respond to them. So I'll catch myself being like, I really need to work out today. We drank a lot of wine this weekend or whatever. And then I'll be like, okay, that is an old thought. That's not serving me. Mm -hmm. What I, I do know that I'm, I'm feeling anxiety and, If I move, I'm gonna not only feel my heart rate, just like regulate, but I'm going to feel refreshed. And you know, anxiety is a very physical thing. I think we can all relate to it's a physical experience. So movement can help move that out of your body.
2: I also just, sorry, another thing is that I find (laughs) it sometimes really hard to just like set intentions for your movement or whatever it is because Mm. you feel very disconnected to it, especially when your motivation has always been weight loss. Um, like what I'm finding is that just saying, like, oh, let me just go run or let me just go move. Cause there's something in me that makes me, that's making me want to do it, but I don't really know why. So I'm just going to go do it. And then I feel like the intention will come, can come after. It doesn't necessarily have to be defined upfront because like, it, it's this sort of the same thing. Like when in, in when you, in gratitude work where you're just like write something that mm-hmm. you're grateful for. Like, I don't fucking know. Like at first you're like, I don't know how to like my life. I don't know my, my dog. Like, but then once you'd practice it a lot, then you can be obvious. more, it becomes more obvious. It becomes more nuanced. You truly do feel grateful for those things. It doesn't become like some, it doesn't feel like BS. So yeah. sometimes that stuff comes after. Um, and I agree, like the, the weight loss is still kind of there though. Yeah. Sometimes. And
3: I think that, you know, you said, unless you're training for something, why would I work out? You can make little training goals for yourself. Like I want to hold a plank for a minute. I want to get through this class without, or like, you know, this sequence, maybe without taking a break. If you set those little milestones for you, again, not only is that going to communicate to your brain, like I'm doing something, I'm excelling at this thing that I can control in a world of things that are out of my control in a much healthier way than being like I can control losing this much weight in a, in a world that's out of control. Cause obviously there's a, a, a bad side to that continuum as well. But if you, if you set little, if you gamify it basically for yourself, it becomes a much more enjoyable experience.
2: Right. Well, what are just some tips do you think that, that you've m- implemented to accept and love your body more? Are there any movement I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's so
3: cheesy and I know everyone groans when I say this, but affirmations, because it's the same idea as gratitude work when you're re, reinforcing this idea in your brain that you're thankful for the things that you have, or you're thankful for, for your body and what it can do for you. So affirmations are really, really powerful. I wrote a, a blog about this actually, about how to use affirmations when you're working out. So sometimes I'll also cue in class, like each time you stand, like feel really powerful in that stance, feel like the chest opening, your heart opening in a proud posture. This is a proud position. You're proud of your body. (laughs) You guys (laughs) both just sat up. I love it. Exactly. But there's, you know, depression, go on a little tangent here depression. There are visual, physical signs of depression and it's that like fetal posture. It's like that protective, it's the feeling heaviness. It's I, I've suffered from depression. It is a, as much about your mental health as it is about a physical experience, the same thing as anxiety. So when you think about what the opposite of a depression posture looks like, it's like, it's standing tall in that, like I don't know, you probably heard that Ted talk from a million years ago about power posing. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's nice open collarbones. Yeah. Spreading your arms up wide, taking up space. Movement allows you to take up space. And there's a really great book that I think you guys would love called The Joy of Movement that opened up my my mind to a lot about this as well. And she talks in that book about how moving in sync with other people, you know, when you take a group fitness class, and unfortunately we're not able to do that in real life right now, but the act of breathing and moving in sync with other people builds community. And the the mirror neurons in your brain actually like, get confused by seeing a big group of seeing people moving together and think that you're taking up more space because you're doing the same movement. So you really are allowing yourself to be bigger, to be more seen. So there is like a, a science thing to it. That's really cool.
4: That's so interesting. That might be why Avi loves group workout classes. Mm-hmm. That's
3: why and, like, hates Soul cycle. on his own? Yeah. SoulCycle is a perfect example. Of <laughs> you're doing choreography together, to the beat of music music is a whole other layer of like sports psychology so it's, mm-hmm. yeah I love the
2: music I love the dancing even though I didn't even really care like I wasn't really doing a real push-up <laughs> <laughs> I just liked being on beat with all the other people like when you do a dance class it's so fun when everybody kind of gets it there's like a yes. high at the end of it so yeah I could really um see that um, it was never
4: on beat it's <laughs> okay. like I dance alone
2: <laughs> that's funny, that's funny. <laughs> um Sammy, there's so many funny phrases that I could apply. Be- dance to your own drum or whatever. <laughs> I- I actually, I don't know any idioms, but
4: I um, like a poem called Like a Different Drummer. Like that's me in the corner on my, <laughs> next <to> my mirror.
2: <laughs> Let's do some non-scale wins. Um I'll read a tier non-scale win first. Okay. Hi, I love you guys and I have a non-scale win to share. I have fluctuated my entire life to the point where I don't really know what I look like really, really. Babe, what do I look like? <laughs> <laughs> um, when I get dressed to go out, I usually like what I'm wearing initially, but I'll take one last look at myself a minute before I leave and feel like I look terrible fat and I'm mm. stupid for ever letting myself wear insert shirt, jeans, shoe, et cetera. I'll change into my tried and true outfit moments before leaving my apartment. And I'm annoyed with myself that I wear the same outfit all the time. I have now made a rule for myself that I am not allowed to give myself a final look because I know it will always lead to me feeling bad and making myself change. My new rule is this, my new rule is if that I liked it initially, the outfit is cute. I went out tonight in a shirt I've owned for months but have not allowed myself to wear because I don't feel 100% perfect in it, but it's been sitting in the back of my closet. I'm so proud of myself and I even got a few compliments on my style for the night. Thank you guys for making it clear to me that confidence and style go hand in hand. I feel that.
4: Wait, do you, have you experienced, I know what she's talking about. It's like you put on the outfit and then there's like, and then all of a sudden it transforms like before your eyes into like a horrible outfit. And it's almost like, you know, when like it's, it, it sort of reminds me of like when you take a selfie on your phone and like right before you take the selfie, you look good. And then in the selfie, you look bad. It's like. This weird psychological transformation that kind of happens, like at your second look at yourself. Totally, it's like you. you At at first, it's good, and then and then like a few minutes later, it's like, ooh. Or when you're
2: out and you see a photo, and you're like what the fuck? This is what I look like. Oh my God. I wish I could go back and change. Like I literally, that happened to me when recently and um, I loved my outfit in the mirror. I even checked like two different mirrors and I was like, Oh, do I really look this good? It's like this, it's like this lack of trust in yourself from, from the get go. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to go out and I like it. And then you, you're like, I like it so much. Take a picture of me. And then in the photo, it's not what it was like in the mirror. And then you're like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like what do I, I was like, should I go back and change? Like, and it doesn't even matter. Like, first of all, I didn't go back to change, but it doesn't matter. And it's also this like feeling of being so loosely tied to something that's external. Like these photos, how we were talking about last week about like photos are actually kind of toxic these photos are what the mirror says. It's not like looking inward for that body, for that confidence.
4: I wonder if there were no photos, would there be diet culture? Like there wouldn't be able to be advertising for it. Like, what would so, how would people feel about themselves?
3: Back dating back to like another good book you should read is um, "Fearing the Black Body, Black Body" by Sabrina Strings. Um, dating back, to, it's like all about art history and dating back to the Renaissance and the objectification of women in art. There, it was still there even without the modern. Oh, great! Thank it. you for letting. <laughs> thanks for
4: letting us know.
2: Here's paint. <laughs> this is this is oh, right. from the She's, beginning of time can
4: you, wait that's so funny can you just make me look a little thinner with your brushstrokes? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god you're like i can't believe you think i look like that <laughs>
3: um yeah that's real that is like king henry the eighth and his in his um the portrait like that he, we all he see of him. he had that redone yeah
4: yeah. It's like he picks a wife based off of, like, an oil painting, and he's like, she doesn't look like this.
3: Cast that was fashion. Anna Cleves. He did that. I'm a big uh, English history nerd, but he did that with Anna Cleves, basically. He didn't like <laughs> the way she looked from – she she didn't look like what she looked like in her painting, and he divorced. <laughs> her. Yeah, that's
2: that's
4: like, the
2: real. that's, like, the dating <laughs> – Like,
4: version. on dating. Wait, um, so Aileen, what's your round going? My round's going – I –
2: I'm struggling with one, honestly. (laughs) Honestly, this week has been a little bit rough in terms of just being like a little bit down. Um, I don't know, I'm feeling the effects of just like being home. Like, I don't know, I've just been waking up with headaches. Um, Maybe my non-scale win is just kind of not really judging myself for feeling like shit. So not being like, oh, you need to immediately feel better. Like sort of just allowing myself to kind of feel it which yeah. is new um well, I have a I win you- for you oh <laughs> was my win Sammy
4: <laughs> we were like I thought we were being like super vulnerable about our like you know feelings that's a win and yesterday and the day before we were like talking about like our our shit
2: our shit I guess so yeah that's what I mean is just because I'm allowing myself to feel it I'm yeah. open to talking about it You know what I mean? Instead of, instead of the norm, the norm, which is shutting it down, being in denial and trying to do everything in my power to not feel like down.
0: Well, I think
4: that, I think the win is that like maybe in the past, in those conversations, it would have just come across as like a shallow complaint of like, I feel like shit. Yeah. And then, then it would have been like, ugh, same me too. (laughs) But there wouldn't have been any sort of like, it just, it would just be that. Like, yeah that would have been as far as we went but yeah
2: i think yeah, yeah. i think my my win also goes to like i haven't don't, don't feel like i've been really intuitive in my eating in this last week at all um i've just sort of been eating to cope and there's like, a lot to eating, cope with yeah but i've yeah. been eating to cope and i think maybe the win is, is that i recognized it and i'm not really judging myself for it i'm just like yeah this makes sense it's just huge and
3: that's yeah. a big It's a big thing, actually. I I say this with my private clients too, to like, really make sure you're taking the time to, I love that you do this in the podcast, to congratulate yourself on those little moments Mm -hmm. in real time, because that turns into motivation to continue doing it or continue working out, you know, when you're feeling like, how could I possibly have the motivation to keep doing it like this?
2: Yeah. Helen, what's your win? (laughs) For me,
3: I think you know, like I said, it's just cause I, I teach clients. This doesn't mean that I don't struggle with it myself. Um, and so for me, I've been the last few period cycles, I've been trying to uh, adjust my workouts to where I am in my cycle. And often I'll still find myself being like, no, like I want to go for it. Also. Cause I've had a lot of stress in 2020 to, I've been more inclined to do like a, a hit workout. Uh, but I really, Paid attention this week, and I just stuck with Pilates and like myofascial release work, and my body feels amazing. I have to say, I'm, I'm super grateful for walking my walk.
2: That's nice. great. What is myofascial release work? Can you just? I've Yeah, seen it.
3: <laughs> so it's um, like foam rolling or using like oh. a, ta- a massage ball, getting
2: myos muscle right.
4: The fascia yes. roll, the fascia that thing, yeah. yeah. Ah, to
2: roll, right, right, right. Um, cool. Nice. Congrats. I know it's always hard. It's, it's hard to be like intuitive now. It's just I feel very, we were just saying last, like last episode, it's just, I feel very dis dissociated for myself, for just mm-hmm. the world, the computer, <laughs> everything. Um, Sammy, what is your win?
4: Um. Okay. So this is like a, an interesting win in my, in like my attempts to outsmart myself, <laughs> um, to actually eat intuitively and like be mindful and, Yeah. Um, So for the debate, I was like feeling really anxious. That shit didn't start till like 9.30 and it was like horrible, obviously. Um, But like right before I like, I, I'd eaten dinner, I'd eaten dessert, but I was like, okay, I feel like I'm going to need pizza for this. Like (laughs) I'm not actually hungry, but like, I just feel like I need to have like a bite or I need to have it like, just in case, you know, just in case like emergency reserves. Reserves. So, but I went back and forth. I was like, am I really going to order basically a second dinner right now Um, when I just had dinner? And I was like, okay, but I really feel like there's like, I feel a need for it. Like, and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to get it. And I had it. And literally I had like one, normally the reason I was like afraid to get it is because I've never, I can't like have a pizza in my house without eating like at least three or four slices, like minimum. And then I have to. And it's even once I'm full, but I only had like, clean one, play club. yeah, clean play club. But like the other night I only had like one and a half slices and I just like stopped when I was done, but I felt that there was something to having it there as like a security blanket to like, know that I could, it wasn't like, I just said to myself, like, no, you're not ordering it. I like allowed myself to like go there to to do something like extreme mm-hmm. and we to order a second dinner. And, yeah, and it honestly like it, it it made me feel like less obsessed with it because it was like there, mm. yeah, and then I it's had a- it for breakfast the next morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like intuitive the, in the in the or at least even said like as long as t- because the, intuitive eating is a privilege because it's based on the fact that you have access to the food, and the whole point is that you should fill your fridge and you're privileged to do so fill your pantry so that you have access to those things so you know that they're there because otherwise it's just this like i have nothing in my house i'm restrictive i just want to order everything right so that's the fear fact of that deprivation I was like, Fear, right? Yeah, the, the fear. fact that
4: i didn't have to think through like also the financial implication of like ordering an extra pizza for not really any good reason is like obviously a privilege that like yeah. didn't play you know that, that didn't play into like whether or not I could have it. So yes, that is like definitely a privilege. But yeah, And that is cause... something that like if I did have to also think about like, you know, do I maybe not want to like spend this money? That would have played into like a, maybe a feeling of deprivation also.
2: Right. Pizza's good though. <laughs> I had a really delicious pizza this week actually. You maybe needed all nice the support that. you could get for that debate. So <laughs> I'm also... Yeah. yeah, that's also part of it. I forgot that was even this week. It feels like Last week, but it was two nights ago. Two oh, nights ago. Oh, boy! But um, so thank you so much, Helen, for joining us today. Um, where can people try your uh, where Sorry, where can people follow you? Where can they download your app? What What's on your app? Tell us
0: absolutely. <laughs> Everything.
3: So my Instagram is Helen V. Feelin. Um, And no one can, it's P-H-E-L-A-N since Phelan is a tricky, uh, tricky phonetic sound. Uh, And my app, you can find through my, through my Instagram, you can find my website and you can find the, the web version of the studio there, or the app is in the Apple store and the, the, the Google play store as well. It's just Helen Phelan studio. Very original. I know. So there's a discount code. So you can join Helen Feelin' studio and that's just diet starts tomorrow. And there's a 10 day free trial for everybody, but that code will get you 50% off your first month too. So would love to see you over there. Uh, But on the app, it's, it's primarily Pilates because that is, you know, my modality of choice. But I also, each week I do a full length Pilates workout, uh, a quick cardio workout for, you know, times when you feel like you just need to sweat, you just need to blow off some steam. You need to, Mm-hmm. Stomp around a bit, uh, and then I also live stream once a week on the app, and I do a separately a Zoom a live Zoom class on Wednesday nights as well. So you can really choose the workouts intuitively. They're it's set up so that you can filter by class length, by equipment, by intention. Meaning, like, do you want to feel energized, balanced, stronger? So that it's reinforcing this idea that you are choosing a feeling for your body than choosing a look for your body. Uh, But all of the workouts, thank you. All all of the workouts can be done with just body weight as well, just because I know I I, I offer props to get a little bit more out of it. But I also know that we're, a lot of us were not anticipating having to set up home gyms
2: this year. So Mm -hmm. it's
3: important that you're able to still get that feel good benefit of moving even without, all the fancy equipment.
2: I love that you you call weight like weight equipment props because that's like really really funny. It's like a theater.
4: Oh my gosh, that, that is so much. <laughs> I
3: didn't even think of that. But yeah, I, that's love that,
4: I love that. you said that because maybe if I can like sort of redefine the whole yeah. thing for myself, like maybe it's a, it's a show. Could, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm putting on star. a performance. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: before we get, th- I also and, something that's really good. And my really workout good. clothes are
4: my costumes. Exactly.
3: Yeah. But I was, I was just came into my, this just came into my head that something really nice about working out at home this year has been no mirrors. Like I have a full length mirror in my bedroom, but it's not set up, you know, in the living room space where I'm, where I'm working out and filming. And I mean, there's this whole other aspect of me seeing the videos that I'm uploading and that's tough for me to watch, but I'm not staring at myself in a mirror and I've been staring at myself in a mirror in spandex since I was three years old. So it is really nice to
4: to
3: engage in movement without, you know, Picking apart—it's a great tool for alignment and making sure that you're you're doing the move correctly. But it's also it also hinders your ability to feel where your body is in space and trust your body. So that's 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 a
2: very interesting point. I was just about to say that's so interesting because, like, again, like that whole external versus Mm internal—you look to the mirror to see if you're doing it right versus looking. Kind of, I mean, it sometimes helps to see if, like, you're in a full actual plank, but. If you think about what course, you need to do yeah. to be in a plank, like hips in, you know, that whole thing, then you could kind of look in, inward. That's interesting. How does that feel? Oh, do you something. feel like something's missing?
3: I, I think in the beginning I was more like, well, like I, I don't, I'm not going to know what I'm doing. And granted, I do have a pretty good sense of body awareness just because this is what yeah. I do, I'll do all day, but it's, it's habitual. And I, I do feel like it's been really nice for, I'm sure there are, there are parts also, I have no trainer looking after me. Anytime you're mm-hmm. working at home, your alignment may not be as good as if you're on a private one on one session, but that's not feasible for a lot of people. But the better you get at self correcting and the better you get at feeling where your body is in space, the less that is going to be an issue. Mm-hmm.
2: That's cool. I think about that more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us and everybody go follow Helen um, follow at Diet Stars Tomorrow follow Aileen at Aileen Sammy at Sammy email us dst at fetches.com. go buy our stuff on shopbetches.com slash collection slash DST and go rate, review, subscribe and we're always
4: with you through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman and Sammy Fishbein. Our editor is Sean Kilby. Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice. And artwork is by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at
2: Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram and email your questions and non-scale wins to DST at Betches.com. Betches.